I'm Everett. I'm Stan. And this is Six Fist. Again today with the second part of the stuff we started talking about last week. I.E. ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> yes. And, but we did have time to make part two of this episode. Finally. Because part two of the last series we tried to do was kind of a lost episode. Uh, yes. But we'll, we'll fix that eventually. One day. Yeah. Yeah, one day when I actually have time when to... we got time for this. Yeah. Anyway. So, so uh, last time we were talking about uh, the sort of effects of people being extremely, extremely busy at MIT. And how this isn't, can cause people to drop certain commitments flake out on things very suddenly with very little warning Mm -hmm. and we were kind of like yeah we were talking about this in a very general sense but we haven't really provided too many examples right yeah and so today we'll dive into some real examples of that and some of which you might have seen very recently uh like the ua yes yeah um some of the examples are kind of personal Mm some of the things that have happened to us things that we've seen happen um but i've I think that Stan can concur. I've heard similar things from other places when they talk about their leadership and things like that. Right. Yeah, and part, part of this is, I think, a one of the things that comes with just running a student group is that some people just haven't learned enough of this stuff to really not do them, especially if you have student groups. I think this applies to um, not just... Um, places like MIT, but student groups do tend to be very heavily underclassmen, and so your main leadership is mostly at the sophomore and junior level, not necessarily a lot of seniors, and when you're a senior, you can have developed the maturity to understand some of these things, but as a freshman, most of them don't get it, so, and that's just a fact of, that's just a fact of life. Also, there's not very much grad student participation in any of these things, is there? Well, there are grad student exclusive clubs, but there just aren't that many of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so... You don't really see many grad students in other places, though. There are grad students in clubs, but there don't tend to be grad student leaders in undergrad-dominant clubs. Does that make sense? Right, and that's a little unfortunate. Yeah. I think graduate students have a little bit of a better, uh, more flexible schedule to deal with a whole bunch of bullshit. (laughs) Do, yeah, some of them do. Some of them do, and some of them don't. On and the whole, they're busy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, but this is probably something we could talk about uh, when we do a series on grad students, which we definitely Indeed. really want to do. Um, but in general, like grad students aren't as plugged in to the community, um, mm. and I know that some grad students definitely do try. Um, but then there are also grad students who are like married to science kind <laughs> of thing. So, so there's. Um, you just don't see, especially here at MIT, I think this is different um, based on, if, depending on where you go, but at least at MIT, if you're an undergrad, you don't necessarily see a lot of grad students. Which is strange, because MIT yeah. is mostly graduate students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very odd. What's the, what's the comparison? It's something like... It's four, there's 4,000 some change undergrads and 6,000 some change grad students. Right. right. You wouldn't get that impression as an undergraduate at MIT. Right. You're yeah. Very, it's very much easy to forget that the graduate students exist. Probably yeah. the other way around, too. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been on both sides of the spear because I hang out with a lot of grad students now, and I was an undergrad, and yeah, some of the I've heard grad students say, "Oh, what are undergrads like? What is it to have uh, have a year off, have like a undergrad research assistant, and uh, and undergrads equally say, like, what's it like to be a grad student?" Um, though I think grad students look at undergrads as more of like you know this foreign thing than yeah. undergrads do. I think upperclassmen undergrads understand that they will be grad students someday, but grad students are more like, 
yeah, yeah, let's let's not go back there. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, back to the actual topic. Yeah. First, we're going to talk about the Undergraduate uh, Association Yes. here at MIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of the self-governing board. Like, it's called different things in different uh, colleges, but... In high school, you refer to this as student council. Mm-hmm. That's more or less what... It basically the... has the same aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the UA is a little more uh, advanced, I guess you would say. Uh, may- maybe yeah. not advanced, more... Uh, they, they have more arms to them. Like, your student council didn't necessarily have working groups and... Money. All these committees and money <laughs> yeah, that they yeah. and, and that um they had to play with um but the UA does <laughs> and so the UA president it, the UA has like a president that's all of its own body then the, each class here has like councils for their individual class um which is exactly how my high school student council was set up so so yeah I, I don't remember because nobody cared so it was like <laughs> yeah but I think part of the thing is that because the UA does sit in this um, weird position where there's some people who care about it a lot, and then a lot of these people that they kind of bring in are not necessarily people that care about it as much, per Mm -hmm. se, or at least not as crazy about it. Um, Because if you're on UA Council listeners, you can actually go subscribe to it as a list. It's a public list you can add yourself to. Some of them take themselves a little too seriously, (laughs) in my opinion. Uh, It's a little ridiculous. I mean, I think that it's it's worth... uh... Adding a disclaimer that we're both from, you know, a fraternity, and when you live on a fr- in a fraternity off campus, it can be like a little easy to disconnect from the UA and things like that because they really don't care about you either, and so it's just kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. either way. Um, but I imagine that in dorms, it's like a much different experience. You you at least have people who care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are aside from the IFC, I don't think any person that's in um that's in the ua like as a chairperson of the committee or as a person who is like an exec officer i know none of the exec officers this year were um affiliated and lived in the um ilg house i see yeah yeah so so yeah that's that's the thing but um back to kind of what i said before i think the reason that people in the ua do drop balls and don't have checks is partially because they don't care about it as much, uh, which is which is reasonable, but this is just a thing. You don't have time for things like the UA because, like, one, to a lot of people at MIT, like, politics stuff seems kind of stupid. Like, a little bit, I think yeah. that's, the, that's kind of the natural orientation that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't particularly agree, but it, it's very easy when you have, like, this natural predilection towards things to say, like, well, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a... At least, like, right now, there's a sort of uh, pessimism about, like, this kind of stuff, about the ability of the UA to affect change. This whole thing with the president is not helping. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of that now has come from the her kerfuffle with her. I mean, but even before, speech, even but before then, right, there was still a sense of, like, our UA sucks, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's exactly why they went through the restructuring that they did, um... I guess this would have happened right when you showed up. Oh, uh, I see. Every, yeah, they they went from being a senate um, and having representatives of um, each living group to being a council, where the before you had you had your dorm president, mm-hmm. uh, which you know is the dorm president does things to the dorm, but right. then the dorm also elected senators to act as representatives to the UA. I see. Okay, and the presidents go meet as. Um, 
Fezzes going to be together, and that's like the dormitory council. And then the Sanders came to represent the dorm as in the UA Senate meetings. Okay, so what they basically decided to do when they got abolished the Senate and made it a council was that they essentially made UA be the UA um, governing board be a combination of Dormcon, which was already the dorm presidents, and mm-hmm. like three people. And the IFC attorney for council exec board and the panel exec board and the living group, independent living group council. Um, all of these groups already meet like themselves. And then the UA council is a thing where the UA exec, which is like five people, then sits in the room with all of these people oh, and, ma- and uh, makes decisions about... Uh, about how they want to represent themselves, the administration, what events they want to do, and there are like there are committees that there are public, um, that there are public applications for, and stuff like that. Right. So, so yeah, this is all a lot of work, and the it's thing a lot is of red that, like, tape. That's what it is. I mean, you have to get through it, right? Yeah. It's like the mm-hmm. it's the natural nature of getting a lot of people to work together. Right. Um, a lot of compromise, a lot of stonewalling, a lot of things like that going mm-hmm. on. Um. And it takes a lot of time and effort to, to sort of, like, sort through that. And, again, like, I think it's very easy to get into a mode where you're just like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. And even if you're, like, on the council, I imagine it happens, like, mm-hmm. reasonably often where people are like, well, I have way too much work for this. Right. I mean, let's even take a look at what just happened with the with the, with the president. Um, so, I think one of the things that kind of catalyzed this was... Um, setting aside the fact that she spent the 12k on bringing Lil B to MIT, um, which is what they decided what the real problem was, but a bunch of smaller issues came about that they were trying to figure out were grounds for impeachment for her. Um, she ended up being impeached. She ended up just kind of running away because yeah. she, she she swore in the new president early because the elections happened. And uh, so that's a downer, um, at least for me. So, but, but anyway... Um, the, po- the point of that is that she had a bunch of personal expenses that were tied to... They were supposed to be brought out of the Bush Fund, which is essentially a fund for the president to spend on whatever they want. And apparently it is a legal thing that they have worked out, which I find slightly absurd that they give the UA president this much money to just spend random crap out of funds. Yeah, so it actually is perfectly viable for them to use it for whatever the hell they want. Which I mean, I a lot of, a lot of uh, presidents of similar organizations do, in fact, get a stipend. So not here. Thing. I said, like, of, of similar organizations, not at MIT. Right. But, like, if it is vague, right, mm-hmm. then people will use it in that way, especially because of the fact that, like, this is a trend in other places. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I'm actually not saying that this is bad to have in other places. I'm saying that it seems a little out of place to give this to the UA president and give everyone else absolutely nothing. Like, no other student group leader, um, like a dorm president or any of the fraternity presidents or anything like that, we don't get any kickbacks from, like... Well, I think different... I, I, I won't necessarily speak for all fraternities and sororities because I don't know how all of them work, but I know our house doesn't give our president any sort of extra stipend for being the president. He just is the president, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think that's really the bigger philosophical problem. Um, but back to the small things that the UA president didn't do, which caused a big fuss. It's not even just the president themselves. Yeah. A lot of insufficiencies with how uh, a lot of the code is built and oh, yeah. how the... I don't know, what what would they call the documents? The bylaws. The bylaws, yeah. Yeah, bylaws of the Constitution. Um, Yeah, 
the bylaws of the Constitution, which essentially let them have only two Judd board members. A board is not two people. I'm sorry. I don't know. No, I understand it's, it's, how people thought that was a good idea. Um, I mean, you don't. You can't have a board of. So this is their judicial committee we're talking yeah. about here, and it was two people. Hmm. Now it's supposed to be three, which is also not enough people. Right. And you know they decided that two was okay because if they agreed, then you know whatever. That's the same as having two out of three. Yes, and it's kind this, of. This is not sound logic. No, it's yeah. it isn't, and I. I'm not sure. Are, you, are we exaggerating when we say this? Like, I don't think we no, are. No, no, this that, is like, exactly this is... the the um, rationale that was told to be. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's not actually, you know, some exaggeration when we say this. Mm-hmm. And it really is just a thing where, like, you, you have students who are writing these things, mm-hmm. and these things are written by students. And, you know, maybe some of them notice a problem, but, you know, a combination of, like, you know, social, uh, just, uh, I don't want to cause a fuss. And... I don't have time for the argument that would ensue <laughs> from this, yeah. right? Like, you, you're very aware that, like, if you if you actually, like, say a thing about this, then people will get mad, and you have to have a big discussion, and it, like, pushes everything back, and people have a whole bunch of work, mm-hmm. and so they don't they don't want to actually, like, flesh out these things. They just say, yeah, hey, good enough, right? Right. And then, like, things like this happen where people end up wasting a whole bunch of time anyway. Yeah, or if you do small things like forget to file your receipts, then people accuse you of embezzlement, which is what happened to the president um, because she didn't file her receipts in time, and then they got um, shoved into the general fund for personal expenses. Um, uh, and that wasn't, and that was obviously not correct. Um, but the system, the system was not built to handle those type of um, small things that come up. And like, like we just said, if you look at a system and you realize it's broken, but you don't fix it because you don't have time, that's not good either. But that can happen here. Right, happens mm-hmm. a lot. Right. I believe that happened to you. Yeah. Which time? <laughs> well, let's let's stay with the with the kitchen manager time. <laughs> okay. So yeah, basically what happened, I was I was like a kitchen manager, first office I held at the um frat was part of. And um, there was one time um, during campus preview weekend when I swear I had told the chef what was going on. Maybe I didn't. I honestly don't remember. Um, but but then what happened was that he started cooking the wrong food, and so people got angry. And then I kind of shut down at that point because I had a lot of work to do, um, but people were still getting angry, and I was getting a bunch of calls saying, like, oh, you need to get over here now and fix this kind of thing. Uh, but but I, t- I was telling people I was struggling, but no one was actually really willing to help me. They were just kind of getting mad that I wasn't fixing it myself. Did you ask people to help you? <laughs> I honestly don't remember what was happening. Yeah. Oh, one of those times. It's it's hard. It's this was four years ago. Um, so it's hard. It's hard to remember exactly what was going on. I would think that if you were in a position and someone else, you saw that someone else needed your help, then you would ask them, "Is there something I could do for you?" Rather than saying, "Like you know, screw your pizza. You just need to get over here and do this now." kind of thing, um, mm. which is basically what I ended up doing. Was I ended up punting that pizza and then going to fix the problem? And it did get fixed, but. It seemed kind of weird that people were just ragging on me that entire time. They continued to rag on me after when they also didn't offer to help me. And I'm not saying that they necessarily... I'm not saying that it isn't my fault, because it is. But I don't think that you could really hold that over someone's head if you are, if you also weren't willing to go out there for them, right? I mean, I think that that's a complex situation, because like if you drop the ball for something like super important like a dinner... 
I mean, I mean, so this was for an event that we were doing, or what was going no, on? No, it was just general, like, lunch. It's not, oh. that, it's not that it wasn't getting made. There was food there. This mm-hmm. was not the right food that we advertised. And that's not good. That's not good either, right? We advertised food that time? Yeah, um, we had specific, like, food on, oh, events on the calendar. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like, um, right? the point being that... Uh, one, this is a minor problem. It's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and for people to get super mad at you is like pretty unreasonable. Right. Like, and I mean the thing the thing is that um, like there's always a lot of like here there's always a lot of like storm and drunk and like mm-hmm. storm and drunk. I don't know how to pronounce that it's German. Like, and not a lot of like doing right about like actually fixing the problem. And I'm like, I'm like maybe among the worst. Who does this? I'm like not any better, but it is largely because people feel like I have all this work to do. Mm-hmm. I know that you're screwed, but so am I. So you know, fuck you. Right. You know, not my fault. You dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. You know, so I don't have to feel bad that I can't help you. Right. Right. And there's no element of truth to that, but it is a generally an unfortunate situation. Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation for anybody who finds themselves in that position as like you know the leader who accepted the responsibility, and. It that is not really um what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? That's not conducive to having future leaders go up and succeed you, or it, it encourage is not at all. or encourage people to do which well in the first people, place. Which is another yeah. thing that people don't do either. Is that there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of very effective transfers of power. I noticed. Oh, of course not. Like, of course not. When you stop being in a position for pretty much anything, you just say, "I'm done." Good fucking luck. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you just move on. Uh-huh. Like. Maybe you're available for questions if somebody sends an email to you uh-huh. and you answer it like two days later after the thing they asked about happened or something. Uh-huh. Like, you know, but but there's just there's just not a lot of follow up. There's not a lot of transfer. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of making sure that these these things happen right. Right. Um, because people aren't getting paid for that. People are so busy. Right. Um, you tend to get burned out with anything in MIT, like mm-hmm. let alone like a leadership position. Yeah. Um. And it can be it can be difficult to deal with other people because they're also busy, yes. right? And so like they don't have they they don't have the time or feel like they don't have the time to do things like enlighten themselves on how your people work yeah. before they come up to you and complain. <laughs> and it can be frustrating, I imagine, mm-hmm. when you have a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about come up to you. And you know these can be very smart, self assured, right. forceful people, mm-hmm. and they come up to you. And they start complaining, and you're like, no, full on. Right. I think that uh, having the people come up and complain to you who don't really know what they're talking about, that's part of, like, just being a person who's not at the bottom of the ladder. Like, you're always going to have that, right? I mean, a lot of the problems that we're discussing are problems that happen in other places, too. Yeah. Right? Like, these are hardly unique situations at MIT. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can be a little difficult, at least for me. To get like a sense of perspective about it, mm-hmm. but like from what I understand, with talking to um, like I have a lot of friends who didn't go to MIT <laughs> naturally, um, and I talk to them about this kind of stuff, and it sounds like their their undergraduate board is generally more active and a little more competent than ours is. Yeah, and again, it might just be like a you know reputation thing, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like there's something there, especially in light of like the recent things again that have happened uh-huh. um, with the twelve thousand dollars being spent on Loopy coming to MIT. Yeah. Very, very odd. Um, but, I mean, these... There there are other sort of, like, issues of fallout with this kind of thing where people kind of are so busy, and especially as the semester goes on, people get more busy, 
people stopped really caring so much about things that they had like a lot of uh, drive about, a lot of drive for. Yeah, like uh, some offices and student groups are frankly like superfluous and don't really need to. Exist, yeah, but like they do anyway. Right, and then people don't care about them. Right, you know, like I know about this personally because I'm in such a position right now, <laughs> and Stan has been in that same position. Yeah, and it's the it's. It, you know, people care a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. And then no one cares by the time you get, like, a quarter of the way in the semester. Yeah. Like, and then you don't care because nobody else cares, right? Right. Um, and there are positions like this that, you know, you seriously need to think about, like, does this need to exist? Right. Um, and, you know, we have. I think that, like, you know. We have, but the consensus was that it needed to stay. Um, because I mean, it, was well, more, it was more like people didn't care enough about having the conversation that needed to happen if it was gone. I wouldn't actually say that. I would say the proposed transition to what it would be was out of the scope of what that person should do. I see. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But like the, the, the thing is that like uh, these things require a lot of effort to get going when people mm-hmm. don't care about them, right? Yeah. And there are occasionally people who are willing to put in the time and the effort to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I am upon retrospect. May not have even been able to put in the time and effort right. that, that was necessary, let alone willing. Uh-huh. Um, and so there's there's lots of situations where, where you know there's this person who is supposed to do a thing, yeah. but nobody really cares about that thing. So then they don't do it, and everybody mm. feels bad because that thing isn't happening, right. even though it's like pretty unnecessary. Yeah. And then there's other situations where. Um, there are situations of high visibility and high pressure. Uh-huh. There's a huge letdown, and the person just gives up. Yeah. Like. Um, or the person continues, and then and then um, and then essentially says later that this whole thing needs to change because your system was bad, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it can have bad consequences when um, when when enacted poorly. Right, and, yeah. and that's the thing is that like it can get. This is like a combination of the two problems of of another problem that we mentioned before, like. When you are changing procedure or drafting procedure, you need to be very careful. Right. This takes a lot of time and discussion, mm-hmm. and you know if you're very busy, people can tend to you know skip that a little bit. Right. Then problems happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, advocating for a large amount of change, um, because the procedure in the first place was already bad. Right. Like can bite you in the ass because you can know something worse. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that like this is usually the case when somebody you know picks up the slack. For the mm-hmm. person who isn't doing anything and you know in that case you can be very gung-ho about like ah oh, everything needs to change and it should never be the case that this happens again but it's very hard to actually make sure that that does that that occurs that yeah i think is. also i mean i don't think i could actually talk about the specific um situation that i'm thinking of at least yeah very specifically um because it's like internal blah blah maybe i can in the future um but anyway, um, the thing that the thing I'm referring to, at least, is that you do end up in a situation where it's like um, it's almost like looking at so- it's almost like looking at um, looking at a house that's on fire and saying that this house is on this house is on fire. We need to we need to fix it. We need to um, we need we need to do whatever we can to put out the fire. And then you go and you know you retrofit the other house to be fireproof that's right next to it. It's like you want to solve the problem and what you're doing theoretically will protect your own self, but it doesn't solve the problem because you didn't put out the fire on the house that's on fire, right? Yeah. And so that's what that that's also a thing that can happen 
Um, if you, especially if you have the burnt out person who picked up the slack for the previous leader because the previous leader was bad, and then they, and then that person who's burned out is also like the only successor a lot of the time because student groups tend to be kind of thin here, as you might yeah, imagine. Because <laughs> the way yeah. we've been talking about it is not really an exaggeration. You can yeah, expect that, right? So, I mean, student groups go through waves of having. Um, of having um, a bunch of people who are competent leaders and not, I mean, but I think even our even our UA generally almost all the positions have one person yeah running so yeah central class council mm-hmm. it's it's usually like you know shoe in except for things like president and vice president well by the time you get to be seniors I don't think anyone runs against the senior class president who has been the president for three years that's pretty true right yeah uh, like I'm pretty sure all of our senior class council elections my year were uncontested. Yeah, more or less. And that happens a lot here. Um, so, so yeah, you have these people who are the person who everybody thinks is going to be the next president um, or whatever, and, but they're just burned out of shit because they had to do all the stuff for the previous person, too. Yeah, um, yeah. And so they will try to fix the problem either incorrectly, and even though they have a lot of drive to do it, or, you know, they'll start, you know, They'll they'll start putting out you know the fire on a two story house with a bucket and then they just give up. Yeah, right. And they're kind of like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'm leaving soon anyway. Right. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna leave and never come back. And nobody right. even cares about what I do because uh-huh. I mean, you know, in the long run, I don't even have any power anyway because mm-hmm. the administration is the people who really does things. So, yeah. So whatever. Right. And then you know you sort of. Uh, this is how over time these sorts of organizations tend to weaken. Mm-hmm. The more you tell yourself you have no power the more it becomes true. Yeah, and I think that part of the reason that no one wants to put time into, you know, an organization that's failing um, to, to to the naked eye or something like that, or having to deal with, like, the red tape and actually go to the administration, going to, like, the UA, stuff like that, is just because of pure frustration. Pure frustration and lack of appreciation. Um, Because if you have, if you have a tight-knit group of people because um, that's how student groups start, right? You have this, like, how the marching band started was, well, got revived, I should say, was more or less just, like, ten people from EC being like, I want to play a bunch of instruments together, so we're going to revive the marching band that we used to EC? have. Yeah. East Campus? Yes, yes, East Campus. Yes, it used to be more of an East Campus thing um, than it currently is. I mean, the marching band's still alive. It's still about as small as it was then, but the reason that those groups can even call us in the first place is because you have a bunch of people who actually care about each other and make it work and not to say that large groups of people can't do this but it's a lot easier to do this with five people than it is with like 50 like i find it i find that some groups like fraternity houses kind of find that they have a problem with apathy and things like that and um yeah it's not just us yeah (laughs) yeah right it's it's not that we're one of the better ones from what i understand yeah yeah (laughs) exactly and um Part of that arises from this, you know, lack of lack of lack of appreciation from within the group because there are fifty of you instead of like five of you, and thus you then will say more often that I don't got time for that. I don't want to contribute. I mean, also the thing is that like there's a there's a perspective issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like so the 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 comparison I have is with professors in academia. Okay, sure. Sometimes. Uh, a lot of these people have never been anywhere except, you know, where they are right mm-hmm. now in terms of having a job. Like, they went straight from undergraduate to grad school to mm-hmm. being a professor. And they're like, wow, this is literally, you know, like, the administration is literally Hitler. 
and you know we're being uh you know deceived and you know like they're trying to control us and blah blah, blah. and like uh don't get me wrong like these things are happening but <laughs> um often there can be like a real like incredible hyperbole like often quite reasonable like administrators can be like really really dumped on mm. just because like a lot of professors don't have any sense of like comparison at all right um so it can be it can be a difficult thing to to talk about and really suss out like the full extent of it mm. right and it's the same thing with these fraternities is that like a lot of the time you've never lived in another fraternity let alone not in a fraternity right right um, maybe you were like you know you were in a dorm as a freshman, but like that if you're if you're in a fraternity, there can often be like a sense of disconnect there, uh-huh. um, both on the part of like you and the dorm, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's very hard to like reasonably compare, right? Like what living in a fraternity is like to living in a dorm if you live in a fraternity or in a dorm because you just don't know the other side. Of yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, there are very few there are very few people who can actually bridge the perspective gap from having both perspectives right and i think that happens a lot um in the in like plenty of different in different fields like you know when you go to interact with somebody who works like in a fast food restaurant or something and you get super angry because you asked for something that was actually unreasonable for a restaurant but you didn't get that because you're just a person kind of thing these these, <laughs> these similar these similar situations are inevitable um but i think that one thing that people in general can work on is at least giving a try at some things because i don't think that um i don't think that understanding that someone else has work just like you do when they're a fellow student is a stretch but apparently it is <laughs> right it can be hard when you're, when you're you know i mean we've talked about mental health and things like that too imagine all of these things compounded it can be hard to be reasonable to people right where you're like oh my god i have all these p-sets and i feel like a giant failure right mm-hmm. now because i feel like i bombed this exam and yeah. blah, blah 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 right like it's uh it stacks. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not... These aren't things that just happen in isolation, unfortunately. Right. And I think that's something to be said to people who do get... Who do get dumped on because of that. And then, you know, the negative feedback cycle starts and they get burned out and, and stuff like that. And people should probably recognize that some jobs are not... You're not actually going to be appreciated every single second of the day. Um, you kind of just have to do what you think is best and then... And then you can so move you mean most there. jobs, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's not really something you know. That's, that's definitely not a guaranteed thing that you know coming in as a freshman. Like, it's it just true. isn't. And, and Especially you, because yeah. of the way that, like, nowadays people tend to be like, oh, you know, we choose you for your personal qualities because you're special. Right. You know, and you're like, oh, I'm special. Awesome. You know, and then you come here. And, you know, a lot of the, Like, you take, like, you know, the intro classes and they're huge... And people don't give a shit right. about you. And I mean, it's not even as bad here, right? As it could uh-huh. be like other other places where literally like the intro classes have like a thousand students right. or something like that. Yeah, it's like talking about going to state school, something yeah. like that. Yeah, like, and you know, it can be like a big culture shock for people who are prepared to come here and be like super pampered and you know mm-hmm. to be one of the MIT elite. And then you know, you find out that that shit sucks. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, and I mean, I think the demographic of people that come here is largely, um, is is more geared on the side of, like, you know, 
not being super, super poor, having, like, some amenities and had some degree of pampering to them, like, in high school. And, um, people just, that's just part of growing up. Like, actually, that the world is not actually going to pamper you and that you need to realize that people have their own problems, too. And, but if you really care about something, then you can move forward on whatever you're doing. And that's how you don't burn out. Because if you actually um, take everyone... You should listen to people's complaints, but if you let yourself get down by them, then you end up not being able to function a lot of the time. I see people do that, and I try to tell them that, but of course they're not really in a place to listen (laughs) at that that point. I think think the closing thing here (laughs) is to say that sometimes you ain't got time for that shit. Like, no matter where you are, right? Right. Um, but sometimes it's good to just do a thing anyway. Right. It's it's, it's a hard thing to, to deal with, and I, I don't know. Like, uh, I think that this is more of a discussion than, like, here's mm. what to do because we don't know either. Really. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to really take that on a case-by-case basis, and it's a thing that's going to happen, whether... It probably has happened to you already, even if you don't think it has, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that I hope that maybe you've gotten something from this. Maybe at least that you know you're not the only one who has difficulties with this either way. Right. Um, it happens here. It happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for having the time to listen to us. <laughs> so I'm Everett. I'm Sam. And yeah, hit us up online and uh, yeah, sub- subscribe, rate, and review our stuff where like, it's posted. Like, comment, subscribe, guys. Yeah. But actually, you should subscribe. <laughs> you should at least subscribe. That yeah. Means. Subscribe, share, tell people about it. Yeah. Send us emails and tell us how we're wrong. Yeah, but actually... I haven't can... gotten one of those yet. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to hearing some comments about stuff. I wish some people would send us some stuff so we have stuff to comment on and throw it back and forth uh, yes. so, we, so we can start doing some of that. Indeed. Yeah. All right. So, that's all. All right. See you next time. <laughs>